Hello, I'm Rachel. And I'm Suzanne. And this is the Bonfire Podcast, where we make your work life better by telling you what HR or your parents want. Every single episode, we answer one question. And today's question is, how do I get people to listen to me in meetings? And this is a question we get all the time from our Bonfire members. And and really from most people, um, because we don't listen to them in the first <laughs> place. We actually, <laughs> for some reason, people are always asking us that question. How do we get you guys to listen to me? But, you know, here's the great thing for you listening right now. We do have a whole bag of tricks, a whole bag of tricks. And towards the end of the show, we are going to give you our number one trick for how to get everyone in the room to whip their heads in your direction and pay attention. And say, what did you say? (laughs) What did you just say? (laughs) So, Suzanne, how many times when you were younger, because this doesn't happen to us anymore, but you've left a meeting, you've left a conversation, and you had things in your head you wanted to say, but you didn't manage to say them at the table. And now you're leaving the meeting, you're going down the hallway, and your head is full of like, oh, I meant to say this. Oh, why didn't I say that? Oh, when he shut me down, why didn't I say this? Yes. And you're thinking to yourself like, oh, I just didn't have an opening. Like nobody gave me an opening. And yet I had so much to say. Like, Rach, I used to tell the kids when they were little to try to like train them early when we were driving to school every day. This is the metaphor I would use for trying to get them to be little mini soldiers, not to grow up like I did. So they wouldn't end up in these moments where they felt shut down by others in the meeting, which is the following. So my street goes one way east and it ends at like a T and you have to turn left to go to their school. And for 10 years, I had to pull out into traffic to make that left-hand turn. And so every single morning, I would say to the kids, no one is going to give you an opening here. You watch mommy, watch mama. Oh my God, the idea that you would say, watch mama driving. It's like, you are Mrs. Magoo. Watch me pull into traffic and make this left-hand turn because no one is just going to go, oh, sure, ma'am, in your Volvo station wagon. Let me let you into traffic, right? That's the flow of a meeting. You're heading out into traffic. How do you pull in just enough so that other people are going to stop and let you in? I'd like to invite you to I feel, <laughs> I see from your face that you have something to say. Yes. Could you please join us? And by the way, if anybody ever does do that to you, if that is so patronizing it and also completely. not the moment. Never take that invitation. Uh-uh. That puts you on the spot, right? Yeah. You will come in in your own Mm-mm. damn time. Exactly. And you will crash your goddamn damn Volvo co- yeah. into that traffic. With your children in the back <laughs> your children. So, Suzanne, I would like, before we tell our listeners our bag of tricks, I want you to think about a couple of things and... Settle these for yourself before you go straight to the tricks, okay? Yep. Consider whether you are actually uncomfortable having the spotlight on you in subtle ways. It can be body language. Oh, yeah. You can be moving away from the table. You are communicating to everyone, 
don't listen to me. Yep, that's one big one. And the other thing to ask yourself is, is my inner narrative, if I really were honest with myself, you know what, I don't have anything to say. Or do I have anything unique or memorable or additive to say? And that's such a high bar. And if that's always your bar, like, oh, the thing I have to say has to really be so profound that everybody's going to have their mind blown, you're never going to speak up. If you're not present, if you're thinking about this conversation as a performance where Mm. you're observing yourself, like, when do I go in? When do I go? You're not going to, A, locate the question you actually have to ask, right? Or be present at the moment with your own curiosity. You have to think to yourself, what is mine to say at this moment? And in that moment, it doesn't have to be, by the way, a monologue. And I would say the more micro, the better at the start, because it'll condition you to just open your mouth and get your vocal cords and your confidence going. Before a meeting gets going, off to the races. One really useful question to ask yourself, which you and I do a lot, Suzanne, is are we having the right conversation, right? So if you just say at the beginning, should we really be talking about this or maybe this? If you can get the courage to do that, and it doesn't take so much courage because Mm -hmm. 90% of meetings launch into problem solving without asking themselves, but what problem are we really solving? Exactly. And sometimes your role is is to clarify, and that's helpful because trust us, there's somebody else at the table who will be appreciative of that. And sometimes your role is reframing or twisting just the turn of the dial just a little bit, and that's really, really helpful. But building on what Rachel just said, which by the way, never do in a meeting. Okay, here's something not to do. Don't ever be the person who says what I just said, which is, and let me build on what Rachel just said. It is a power suck. And people do it all the time when in fact, the thing that comes out of their mouth next actually doesn't build. But they do it as a way of just getting, like pulling out of my street to make the left turn. You don't need to do that. You don't need that phrase. But I actually am about to build on what Rachel just said, which is, if you get in the habit of just asking questions, period, just be the person in the meeting who isn't the person just commenting all the time or dropping little points, but just is asking thoughtful questions as the meeting goes along, everyone will be thankful. Everyone will look to you and go, oh, that's so helpful. And you want to know what great question trick I would like to suggest? Please. When people are showing slides and you don't really know what question to ask, (laughs) one little trick is to say, "Um, hold on, could you go back a slide? It's our number one trick. The number one trick because it makes people go, oh, I wasn't paying attention enough. Oh, she noticed something that I didn't notice. She must be smart. And you don't have to even know what you want to say. They go back a slide and then you go, okay. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm going to give one more body language thing. So there's a woman who was the deputy mayor under Bloomberg named Kate Levin. 
And she, I was in a bunch of meetings with her, so were you, Suzanne. And one of the things that Kate does in a meeting, she's incredibly powerful, incredibly effective. When everyone else, especially women, nod as people talk, nod, oh, nod, yeah. nod, 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 yeah. nod, yes, yes, yes. I want to indicate to you that I am on your side. I am your friend yeah. and you are doing well, right? She absolutely never, never nodded. Never, she never was nods. like Mount fucking Rushmore. Yeah. She was just totally stone side. So what happened was, oh yes, the energy in the room all turned toward her. What is Kate thinking? What is Kate thinking? What is oh, Kate yeah. thinking? And it isn't about her position. It was the fact when there's somebody in a meeting who is clearly not nodding along. Right. Yes. Everybody wants to know what you think. Yes, absolutely. And so don't get, so even if you don't feel you have the power in the meeting, just get in the habit of not nodding. Because once you're nodding, people assume they know what you're thinking and that you're in agreement. So instead, just, and sometimes you can also use this other trick that we have, which is just have this little smile like a Cheshire cat, like, it's just a little smile. I wish you could see us doing it right now, but it's like a smile that's neither agreeing nor disagreeing, but rather like a, hmm, hmm. I've got an interesting thought yeah. that you might want to hear. Uh-huh. You might want to hear it. So it's like a, it's, you kind of use your eyes a little bit in the corners of your mouth. It's not hostile, but could be. And so at some point, people just look to you and really are thinking like, well, you're, you're engaged, Suzanne. Uh, so what were you thinking, right? And you don't sit that way frozen for the whole <laughs> meeting, but you just use it a little bit. And other nonverbal things you can do are at various times, lean in and then back up, lean in and back up. So your body language is saying, I'm responding and reacting, but I have not yet spoken. And therefore, people will be interested in hearing your processing. One more trick pretend to write things down <laughs> furiously okay always be taking notes we also do need to share our final trick that we learned from a woman in new york which is how to actually get people to listen to you without listening to you in a way that's really a fucking game changer So here's how it works. Let's just say that there was a very powerful woman that we met who interacted with very powerful people as a way of her going about her day. So Rachel, you explain the scenarios in which this would occur on a regular basis. So this is what happens when this person wants to be listened to by other people after the meeting. We don't know <laughs> what actually happened in the meeting, but she's telling the story of having been listened to in the meeting. And, and, this and is, you're riveted. And you're, you're riveted. riveted. And so if you, if you end up having failed at all the tricks that we just gave you, you can always try this, right? So she goes like this. I was in a meeting with President Biden, and he said, oh, we are not going forward with this plan. And I said, Excuse me, sir, but we are definitely going forward with this plan and you can't stop us. And he said, <laughs> he said, what did you say? And I said, you heard me. <laughs> and it's always, always the same. The same. What did you what? say? You heard me. You heard me. 
And then she'll come back she'll the next toss day and her say, head. toss her head. Yes. You heard me. And then she'll say that the next day would be like, and I went to the Beyonce concert. And after the show, I spoke to her choreographer and her choreographer said to me, I thought that our dancing was impeccable. And I said to the choreographer, I thought that second song was terrible and everybody looked like a fool. And he said to me, what did you just say? And I said, you heard me. <laughs> and so we have no way of actually knowing what happens in any of these meetings, but man, I now think of her as like, oh, yeah. wow, 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 truth wow. to power, speaking truth to power. You heard me. You heard me. <laughs> so, Rachel, one thing I want to leave us with is the following. You want to be the person who opens the aperture through a question, through saying to somebody, can you say more about that? by being the person who cl double clicks on something or questions the opening gambit. Don't be the person who is drilling the meeting down into boredom by saying things or keeping the topic so dull that everything that you're saying is just dragging the meeting down. And I think if you keep that in your mind, like my role and the way I want to be heard in this meeting, I do, it's not just about being heard because your voice, words are commanding your mouth, but the way I want to be heard is as the person who lifted this meeting. But let me reframe that so it's smarter. Um, I really think that the idea is do they want you at the next meeting? Yes. Right? Do yes. they want you at the next meeting? Oh, Did yeah. you add value? Did you open the conversation? Did you s introduce any surprise? Yeah, right? I like that. Did you just piggyback on what I just said? <laughs> I did. All right, Rachel, let's check this out. This is a segment where we recommend things to our listeners that for which we are not paid. Perhaps we should be, but we are not. All right. You know and I know that I have been on a quest to get better at meditation. And the challenge that I've had is that I can really only do guided meditation. But I was given this gift um, for my birthday this year called The Core, C-O-R-E, and it's by a, a company that I can't pronounce, but H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-E. But it is a ball with thumb, it, it tracks your whatever, heart rate, et cetera. But more importantly, what happens when you hold the ball is that it has vibrations. And the app for meditation that's attached to it syncs up the guided meditation with the vibrations so that you really go deep. So for example, if the breathing is on a count of four and six or whatever, the vibrations are synced up with that. So I am mesmerized by it because I feel oh, that for wow. the first time, I'm not wow. distracted. I'm breathing the way I'm supposed to be breathing. And it's just working for me. And I, I really like it. And you can get it now on Amazon. It's about $150. It comes with the app. And wow. I just, I love it. That's a, I really that's love a great it. gift idea. I think. It is a great gift. Wait, H-Y-P-E-R- I-C-E. Hyper-ice. So Hyper-ice. Hyper hyper and it's called The Core, C-O-R-E. Okay. Here's a serious check it out. 
metal straws that you can order on Amazon, but don't make them too thick because then you Wait, end but up- how doesn't it taste so irony? No, it is fan fucking tastic. And it's so much better than either paper straws or plastic straws or glass straws, which my daughter has and I don't like at all because I'm always worried about their breaking and their their gauge is too wide. So get the sort of thin metal straws. You can get them on Amazon. Get the ones that have the curve in them and it, they, oh. they're really life-changing. I threw away. I never, I don't want, okay. plastic straws are stupid. I know, they are stupid. All right, well, look, next week on our show, we have a great show coming up because we are going to be asking a question that I just know everyone wants the answer to, which is the following. It's so good. How do you actually ask the question about how much money your colleagues are making at work? Right. And if you don't want to ask directly, how do you find out? I mean, I wish somebody had told me this Mm -hmm. back in the day. Oh, yeah. That's coming up next week. We'll see you next week on the Bonfire Podcast. What did you say? If you like the way we think, or you like the way I think and the way Suzanne piggybacks on it, you need to check out bonfirewomen.com. It's a talent accelerator that Suzanne and I co-founded to help employers attract, develop, and retain diverse talent. Say hello at bonfirewomen.com. This podcast is produced by Jen Bain and mixed, edited, and scored by Ryan Derringer at Welterweight Sound.